0: With Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think I thought that I was taking less of a risk than I ever had. I thought I'm going to do a uh, animated Roald doll story. This will guarantee me an audience, um, which then, in the course of making the movie, I think I uh, managed to um, prevent that from happening. The process every day of making the film is every phase of production is happening all at once, and that goes on for over, you know, two years of, of this sort of thing. And the techniques of animation are very interesting in their storytelling tools that I was sort of picking up. Um, so for me, I really found all kinds of inspiration in, in going through that process, as well as just loving the, making the movie
1: itself. The voice you just heard there was that of Wes Anderson speaking about his 2009 adaptation of the 1970 Roald Dahl book called Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox is a children's novel by Roald Dahl published in 1970. It tells the story of a clever fox who lives with his family and friends in a valley surrounded by three farms. Farmers Boggis, Brunts, and Bean are mean and greedy and try to kill the animals that steal their food Mr Fox outsmarts them by digging a network of tunnels underneath the farm and raiding their storerooms he also helps the other animals such as badger, rabbit and mole, to escape from the farmers and he shares their food and they have a big banquet and it's all beautiful and lovely. The novel is humorous and adventurous. It's a tale of how intelligence can overcome brute force it also shows the importance of friendship and family in times of trouble the novel has been adapted into various media including stage play an opera and a stop-motion animated film directed by wes anderson which is the topic of today's podcast welcome to today's podcast the adapted screen podcast a podcast where we take a piece of text a book or screenplay or some shit and we compare it with its on-screen counterpart whether that be a tv series or a film with me today to talk about fantastic mr fox i have with me as always phil hello phil how do rick Hardbody armor how do you do that is I. That is I. I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. If ever I'm good. there was an apt
0: name for someone, that's definitely you, son.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I trust all is
0: well. Yeah, mate. Sound other than being super busy as always. Um, yes, as always. Everything, everything is running and ticking along smoothly. Thank you for asking.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I here you have some news for us we've got some fun shit coming up we've got some fun guests in the pipelines yeah
0: uh, yes nothing to announce but yes we do have some we have some very fun guests from the world of comedy um coming up in our next few episodes and we shouldn't say too much but Potentially uh, another Hollywood guest as well. That will be obviously when the writers' strike ceases. But yes, lots of fun and exciting things—oh, guests at least—coming onto the show
1: excellent i look forward to it so yeah this week film we are going to cover the book and the film fantastic mr fox by roald dahl and wes anderson i did this one because i thought the wes anderson series that they've put on netflix recently each one was about half an hour long this one isn't part of that series this one was done a, a fair few years ago and this one was an hour and a half long well, yeah, but obviously we've we've done this. Really, uh, this is like a short
0: notice uh, episode. We were meant to be doing something else, and I'd reached out to one of the actors on the films that we were going to discuss and he very kindly said he will come on but can't discuss anything past or present or future during the writer's strike so we scrambled around and in all honesty I have read this book it was a while ago and I have seen this film uh, twice which the last time I saw it was about three weeks ago so I've got enough to do the episode Richie I've got enough to do (laughs) Even at short notice.
1: Excellent. So, should we start this off, Phil, with the author's bump, if you want?
0: Well, yes. I We probably did author's bump previously, because it is Roald old. But the guy is completely and utterly fascinating and has many more dimensions to him than any other author that we've covered i think so if you just do the quick overview roald dahl was a british author of popular children's literature and short stories a poet and a wartime fighter his books have sold more than 300 million copies worldwide Dahl has been called one of the greatest storytellers for children of the 20th century. Now, Dahl was born in Wales to wealthy Norwegian immigrant parents and spent most of his life in England. He served in the Royal Air Force during the Second World War, rising to the rank of wing commander. Uh, There's lots of stuff there just regarding his work. His early life is, uh, I mean... You've got to go and have a read for yourself because it's completely fascinating and it's completely detailed and there's so much of it, it would be completely impossible to fill in. But if if we just take a little section of this here, in November 1939, Dal joined the Royal Air Force as an aircraftman after a 600 mile car journey from Dar es Salaam to Nairobi, he was accepted for flight training with 16 other men of only three survived the second world war within 7 hours and 40 minutes experience in the Havilland tiger moth he flew solo and as i said he uh, rose to the rank of wing commander that was an awesome game on the super nintendo by the way he also was a diplomat a writer and an intelligence officer which this kind of has rings of uh, what's his chops and we're talking about uh, the Bond author sounds very much something very similar to uh, Ian Fleming and if we have a look again I mean you're going to pick some pick some of the works that he's done what's it called a filmography or a a bookography do you say bookography I don't know but he's done loads of stuff
1: what we'll do is are we going to do we're going to do this series for the rest of the the foreseeable season three which this is. um, can I put that in a different way so it doesn't sound weird are we going to yes, so are we going to carry on doing Roald Dahl to the end of this season this uh, this Wes, um, Wes Anderson oh,
0: series please no
1: no, no ok please, then that's, that doesn't matter then. No. I was going to suggest <laughs> that if we I was going to suggest then if we did we could just bring a, like a, a fun fact about Roald Dahl every, uh, in each episode but if we're not going to do that it doesn't matter
0: why don't we just do a fun fact about Roald Dahl in every episode anyway no Okay, fair enough. There you go, you see. <laughs>
1: That's it. Uh, <laughs> Completely off-fucking-subject, what's the point? Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, so you're a yeah, very interesting author. If you'd like to go check him out, listeners, knock yourself fucking out, I'm not going to. But it sounds very interesting, isn't it? very interesting. In fact, I'm surprised they haven't done a, some sort of um, film about him, like his life. Well, they did one about ian fleming
0: or at least ian fleming turned up in i was watching something which was set in the second world war and, F- and ian fleming's character turned up as army intelligence but i can't remember what it was but that was interesting
1: so yes that was your, this bump. go check him out and we're gonna move swiftly on to our next section of the show the next section of the show is the it's kind of like the synopsis but we do it in the style of a, a film trailer phil does his film trailer voice and then I'm going to do one this week I bought a film trailer this week that I've done for oh, the uh, section because I was feeling left out so um, Phil do you want to go first with your trailer for the film?
0: Yes Okay. Okay. an urban fox cannot resist returning to his farm raiding ways and then must help his community survive the farmer's retaliation
1: and they all die, because <laughs> that was obviously the Spoiler alert that was obviously the horror trailer. they all die, and they all get hunger and it becomes a real fucking horrid slasher film. Well no, you see in that film, the
0: farmers are really smart and they just fucking drill a hole and fucking DDT the floor, and everyone yeah. dies, and it's the end, and there's no hassle whatsoever tNt the floor. D, uh, DDT. It's, okay. Um, it's some uh, they used... It's
1: a wrestling uh, move?
0: Yeah, but the actual DDT was an actually... It was a chemical that they used. Oh, and, was it? I mean, I think it was basically just to kill animals off, but without poisoning, uh, like, whatever they because- were growing. Yeah. I think that's what they used it for, yeah. And then that's where that move came into it, because Jake the Snake just fucking do them, and they'd be finished, wouldn't they?
1: Got you. Okay. Hey. So, yeah, I mean, in real life, it's like you, you wouldn't spend months drilling down and uh, no. what have you, you would just stick some TNT down there and blow the shit out of them. Yeah. But it is what it is. It's, it's a children's film, children's book. Well, to be fair, to be fair, you, you talk about it being a children's book, fucking thing's gruesome, man. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's gruesome. The film is, but the book isn't so much. Um, but this is a children's book. It is a children's story. So I have done a trailer in... Oh, fantastic. That, that sto- well, what I think is that store so this is my trailer in a world where three wicked farmers are out to get him one cunning fox has a plan to outsmart them all
2: walt bogus is a chicken farmer probably the most successful in the world he weighs the same as a young rhinoceros he eats three chickens every day for breakfast lunch supper and dessert that's 12 in total per diem nate Bunce is a duck and goose farmer He's approximately the size of a pot-bellied dwarf, and his chin would be underwater in the shallow end of any swimming pool on the planet. His food is homemade donuts with smashed up goose livers injected into them. Frank Bean is a turkey and apple farmer. He invented his own species of each. He lives on a liquid diet of strong alcoholic cider, which he makes from his apples. He's as skinny as a pencil, as smart as a whip, and possibly the scariest man currently living.
1: Join Mr. Fox and his friends as they embark on a daring adventure underground.
2: We've been digging in circles for three days. Half the woods have been obliterated. Nobody can get out. Right now, my wife's huddled at the bottom of the Flint mine with no food, no water, and 27 starving animal brats. I just want to see a little sunshine.
1: But watch out for the farmers, who will stop at nothing to catch them.
2: August, how many men have you got work on your farm? 35. 36. I've got 37. Next time, 35. At 108 altogether. Peter, drop everything and assemble all 108 members of our entire three combined workforces. We're gonna starve them out and then kill them.
1: Will they succeed in their mission, or will they end up as dinner? Based on the beloved book by Roald Dahl and directed Dallow. by Wes Anderson, <laughs> coming soon to a theater near you. It's not very good. I did it last minute. While I was setting up, I thought, you know what, I could do my own. But it, it is what it is. It's okay. It's not too. It'll bad. do. It's okay. It's not as scary as yours, but it is what it is. Well, I don't go
0: for scary. I just go to try and imitate the voice of the man who did all the trailers in the 90s.
1: <laughs> all of them? Yeah, indeed. Okay, so that's our trailer. Uh, we're going to move on now. Go. you going to tell us all about the cast film? Oh,
0: yeah, okay. So uh, Fantastic Mr Fox had a fantastic cast. It did? It did. George Clooney was Mr Fox. Meryl Streep was Mrs Fox. Bill Murray was Badger, alongside Michael Gambon, who was Mr Bean. William Dafoe, who played the rat. John Jarvis Cocker was P.T. Owen Wilson was Coach Skip. And um, the voice that we heard at the beginning was Anderson, played Weasel. Oh, and of course, um, special mention goes to Helen McCroy, who was Mrs.
1: Bean. Mrs. Bean? Mrs. Bean. It would have been a completely different film had it been the real Mr. Bean. (laughs) Well, I I don't know. He
0: wouldn't have, like, he would have just sabotaged himself anyway, wouldn't he? I don't think he wouldn't have even notice yeah. a fox nicking his stuff. He wouldn't. No, he, probably. He not. would have blamed it on his teddy and locked his teddy in a cupboard or something.
1: Yeah, so wasn't one of the uh, characters Dumbledore?
0: Uh, Gambon I think you might be talking yes. about. Yeah, um, I, I know you're a big Harry Potter fan and I don't know any characters from Harry Potter, but I know that Michael Gambon is, uh, who was Mr Bean, was, or not, okay, for this Franklin Bean, not Mr Bean, he was Bean out of Bean yeah. Bunce and, and Bugger.
1: He played him very well. I thought, oh, that, that's my phone making noises I, during a podcast.
0: I thought that was a little like tss- you know for the joke
1: yeah that's exactly what it was but yeah i thought he played a very
0: good part have you got confused because you know it was like stop motion and stuff don't you it wasn't the real Mark. yeah part. but I mean, he still I, played it didn't he no, he did he did use his voice and he lent everyone lent their voice extremely well you couldn't tell that it was a stop motion thing it was just watching it and it was very fun and i think sometimes that's that's the most important part when you're doing animation isn't it you might recognize the voice of the person but it's like you're not going oh it's george clooney it's the fox if you know what yeah. i mean it wasn't oh george clooney's doing the voice of the fox it's a familiar voice but it was done so the whole thing was done so well you can't tell
1: yeah i did i, I did like the cast. i struggled a little bit to start off with because roald dahl is a british author and it's a quintessentially british book but they used american but i, got, I quickly got over it they, they were very good at their parts, so i didn't mind
0: It was, I suppose you could say, uh, for the other children's books that we've done, uh, Matilda and uh, Madame Doubtfire, all very similar. But I think what, especially Madame Doubtfire, was far superior to what you could have done if it was British.
1: Oh yeah, far superior. But uh, I think, as you'll agree, that's probably down to the genius of the late robin williams god rest his soul so right moving on that was the cast that was the cast moving swiftly on we'll talk about the differences then between the book and the film
0: yeah okay well i think i think the first thing to uh bring up is Roald Dahl's way of writing and i think i'm not sure whether he's an absolute genius or he's Just so simplistic, it looks like it's genius because he can make a bad person sound bad and a good person sound good very, very easily. Like, this man stinks and he eats loads of food and he's mean, and you already hate the geezer. But all he said is that he stinks and he eats lots and he's mean. That's it. That's all he says. Like, for instance, like in a movie, as an example, in a movie, if you want the audience to know that the bad guy is the bad guy he's gonna kill a child or rape a woman he's got to do one of those two (laughs) things. that wouldn't work in this would it no but no but you know what i mean like this is the bad man and he's gonna do something so heinous that you're gonna hate him for it whereas we hate these farmers and the farmers have just bear with me the farmers have done nothing wrong they're going about their daily business they're employing 30 odd people each they've got flourishing businesses making food that everybody needs and some knacker little fox is breaking into their fucking house and stealing their stuff so they got up a fucking put a stop to it but you can't put it like that because the point of the story is that we like the fox and not the farmers so how do we make these tax paying employing farm owners sound like bankers? well they eat a lot they stink and they're mean so then we hate them <laughs> <laughs> they do you know what I mean? It's that's that's <laughs> so. Is he genius? Yeah. Is it genius what he's done, or is it just really so simple that we're all a bit stupid?
1: No, it's it's true. But on top of that, they've humanised the animals, so we feel sympathetic for the animals because they can talk, they have a sense of humour, they have a personality, they are. Like you and me. They wear clothes. They can read. So oh, yeah. they can go
0: and get fucking jobs.
1: <laughs> fucking stealing for. They don't have opposable thumbs though, do they,
0: Philip? They can fucking make clothes, right? He didn't pop down to fucking like, you know, like big and tall or Giacomo. He didn't go to fucking small and tiny, did he? And get his fucking smoking jacket. I bet Mrs. Fox was putting that together for him. So if they can make clothes, right, then they can get a job. Listen, I'm on the side of the Conservatives yeah. here. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, by the way. That's not true. <laughs> if you can make clothes for yourself, you can get a job. You're not stealing from the local farmer. Well,
1: in the film, doesn't he have a job? He's a, he's a an estate, estate, agent. estate yeah. Yeah. agent.
0: Obviously, he's not an estate agent in the book. Isn't? I think when we're going to come to the differences, there's lots. Like He doesn't have a job in the book. There's no coach. Is there a there's no fucking Olympic coach in the book? He's not. No. No.
1: In fact, that, that, that cousin, I don't think he's in the book, the cousin who comes along. No,
0: um, no, and he winds... Oh,
1: forget his name.
0: He winds me up, right, and you know what? Because it makes me think of that bloody meerkat advert with that stupid Australian wombat who's a complete and utter dunce. Yeah. Except for this, is the, know what this know, is the reverse, and he's excellent at everything, isn't he? And the son's jealous.
1: Yeah. Um, the biggest difference for me between the book and the film is the book is clearly a children's book a child will enjoy this my son he's six he will enjoy this i sat down with my son this afternoon to watch this and halfway through i had to tell him to go and bugger off and play on his computer because he just <laughs> didn't care he hated it he was just bored he was absolutely bored. he wasn't following it so i kept saying do you know what's going on do you know? and i kept having to explain to him it wasn't clear my son's quite clever and it just wasn't easy to follow if i hadn't already read the book i struggled in partage i don't think it was well written
0: no what well, i think well it's funny that because my lad's six as well and my lad watched it all the way through and he was pretty cool with it but that film isn't written for it wasn't made for children it was made for adults who like roldo wasn't made for kids if it was made for kids it would be made with less money they wouldn't have put but it's a
1: children's story
0: yeah so yeah but think about
1: it and it's stop play, play animation it's an animated yeah. film yeah. So, it's yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. i i disagree I, I think it is for kids maybe older kids no let me explain better
0: so there's probably let's say they spent 100 million quid right that's probably what the budget was maybe a little bit more let's just say it's 100 million quid they're gonna how are we gonna get anyone to come and see this? kids aren't gonna be asking the parents no parents are gonna take their kids there's, there's a difference there. You're like me and you are going to go, oh, the new Roald Dolf, and we love Roald when we're growing up. Right, kids, get your coats, we're going. And instead of it being, so that's the thing, you're getting families in the theatre. You're not just getting like me and you, oh, should we go and see the new Roald Dolf film? And you go, yeah, let's go. We'll take the kids. So instead of two people going, there's me, there's you, there's our Is, there's my three kids, there's your one kid. And then before you know it, there's eight people. Eight people there rather than two. So that's how it works. Roll Doll fans take their kids, and their kids then become roll Doll fans and want the parents to take them to all the next ones. Like my kids, like, I mean, I don't think that my kids know. I'm not saying they don't know, but if you go name five roll Doll books, they could probably name, probably name the books, probably not. But if you went, do you know, Willy Wonka and Chocolate or Charlie and Chocolate Factory? Yeah. Do you know, Jallengine and Peach? Yeah. Do you know, Big Friendly Giant? Yeah do you know they know all of the books but they might not Mm. necessarily know that the author who the author is or or if you sit there watching phantom oh do you know the this is the person who wrote charlie in the chocolate factory oh really they know the films they know the books that's how you
1: build an audience isn't it yeah true true i just I don't know. Even, even as a family film, I just didn't think it was written very well. And, uh, watching some of his more recent stuff on Netflix, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, can't even remember which one. Which one it was. Are you
0: talking about Wes Anderson? Yeah, because t-
1: it's just it, it wasn't it wasn't child friendly at all. Well, no, because there's too many
0: Andersons uh, directing films, like Paul W. S., who's probably my favourite Anderson.
1: Now this is this is this is this is the same Wes Anderson because he's covering the, the old doll books again. No, I just meant there's too many Andersons. Who are directors
0: and Paul huh. Paul W S Anderson, he did I think he did what Mortal Kombat and he did the Resident Evils and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, he did yeah, he did the role tenant base, he did the Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs is quite good and it's a very similar film, isn't it? It's the stop motion. I think it's got Bill Murray in it as well. Uh, sorry, anyway. Hmm. We were digressing then. Continue.
1: Yeah, as far as differences go between the film and the book, it's just full of them. I, I saw, what gets me is this person's obviously obviously thought I love Ronald I love his book so I'm going to take his book that I love I'm going to change it if you love it Why change it so much?
0: Yeah, but did he say, I love the book because he got paid millions of pounds to do the film? Because I would love anything that paid me millions of pounds. Might not necessarily be true. It's like I love doing this podcast for you, Richie.
1: Yeah, but you don't get paid millions of pounds (laughs) for this, do you? You don't have to tell everyone that, do you? (laughs) You don't even get paid pounds for this.
0: (laughs) In fact, we have to fucking rent rent the fucking films ourselves off Amazon Prime. Um, we have to pay to do this podcast. <laughs> that's how much I love it. Um, yeah, no, so uh, yeah, but that's right. He's not going to go, look, I don't like Roald Dahl. I've never read any of the books, but someone paid me four million quid. So what are you going to do? That's not promoting the film, is it? So, you know, you say what you need I, to say. I guess, I guess
1: you're right, film. but will a director do a film if he doesn't have a passion for the story? I don't think they would. I think most directors choose to do a film because they like the story. I think... Uh,
0: and the old adage is you do stuff you don't want to do so you can do the things that you want to do i think it was charles dance was in um last was it last action era the arnold schwarzenegger film where the kids in the cinema mm. and he gets blown so charles dance is doing that film there was the, the you know they were getting the michael Pan or whatever it was and um charles dance was talking about this art indie art film he was going to do afterwards and Arnie was like yes you do my big movies so you can do your art movies ah ha, ha. so you know you do you, you do the films that pay you well so you can go off and do whatever rubbish that it is that you want to do
1: or maybe it's a case of yeah he didn't really care much for the books but who knows so he used this as an opportunity to make it his own thing his own art his own and that's why it's changed so much because he made his own
0: I think perhaps as well let's say for instance if it was a British studio and a British film cast and a British film crew and a British director doing it they might have tried to stick more but then what you've got then I'll tell you what you've got then you've got the fucking bbc special so that's what it's so a be careful what you wish for you'll either get the bbc doing it or channel four or you'll get hollywood doing it so you've got a you've got to allow yeah
1: man to look what you. that look what they did to look what they did to discworld the wankers <laughs> To so what I fucking love Discworld. Discworld. It's what? one of my favourite. What's Discworld this? by Terry Pratchett? Oh, yeah. You never heard of Discworld by Terry Pratchett? Oh, it's one of my favourite series. Just got it's wizards and fucking really fucking good. And they used um, David Jason as the, the main uh, wizard, and it was fucking awful.
0: Uh, we said, and that's what you get, Richard. If you if you if you're going to complain about Americans changing bits here and there for, and let's say got the truth as it is, a predominantly American audience because that's where all the money's coming from right unless it's harry potter you're not getting away with it are you because no. could you could you, could, right, could you imagine the conversation that jk rowling had when they went right jk we want to buy the rights to all of your books right we're going to give you x amount plus a tickle of every movie and she went yes sweet no problem however all the acts have to be british and the americans went you do fucking what And she went, they all have to be British. No, no Americans, British people only in this film. And they wanted that film that bad. They went, yeah, okay. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I didn't realise the Americans produced that film I thought it was uh, produced of, uh, here in sunny England no wasn't it Warner Brothers don't the Warner Brothers hold the oh, rights yeah, well, of course it was yeah of course it was
0: I mean I've never seen the film so I don't know but uh, I presume it was Warner Brothers I mean, who the fucking you've f- never seen the film no not really I mean I've seen the beginning of the first film and when I say the beginning like the- I
1: think it's only prudent of us to cover the Harry Potters at some point well, I can't believe I, we haven't already well,
0: I do have a friend who was in one of the films and i'm trying to get him to come on but he's very busy um
1: well the cast the cast of the films is so vast and they were so young back then that most of them probably don't act anymore we could probably get anyone (laughs) in the film to come and join us
0: podcast is so powerful we can get anyone i can't even get someone who i know to come on so he's listening to an we episode. could probably get Rupert Sheeran on <laughs> well not now you've called him Rupert Sheeran <laughs> <laughs> fuck's sake and I know who you're talking about and I don't even know who, what is it Grint is that his, is that his surname Rupert Grint uh, Rupert
1: Grint or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't coming
0: he ain't coming on now is he
1: well he might as well he don't do fuck all else I do not seen him in anything for ages hmm
0: I suppose if you've um, if you've been well paid over seven Hollywood blockbuster movies and you've invested your money well, you can do whatever. Just like I said, Richie, you can do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah, I guess. So back to the differences. Phil. Yes. there's differences in the story. So differences in the story. Uh, Fox is fed up of living underground. He moves into a tree in the film. He doesn't live in a tree in the uh, in the book. Mm. He- Continues to live under underground.
0: And in the book, he's he, he's stealing live chickens, is he? He's just eating the chickens. He's not like in the mm. in the movies, kind of getting the processed ones, isn't it? Yeah. Because you can't do that either, can you? You can't you can't cheer on for an animal that's fucking murdering other live animals. That'd be terrible. Unless, of course, they were mean and stinky, and in which case, yes, wait, no problem.
1: <laughs> yeah. In the book, the banquet that happens, happens right at the end of the film when everything's been done, everything's dusted, they've worn, and everything's lovely and peachy, and they're going to make the new streets underground and what have you. In the film, kind of just begins there because it's like a whole new story starts from there. It's like they have the banquet, and then they get flushed out by all this cider, which never happened in the book, and then they have to go and and rescue the cousin, which never happened in the book, and they start firebombing the town with um, with these... uh, grenades which never happened in the book (laughs) firebombing the town yeah, God. that's
0: fantastic. Yeah, and the uh, escape to victory plot and all of that kind of stuff. What was it? The yeah. What was it? The dogs. What was what was wrong with the dogs? Uh, was it rabies? They got rabies. Yeah, yeah. it was rabies. They went down the rabies route. Right. Yeah, I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah. Foaming at the mouth. What was it? Uh, they were saying. Is he got tooth pain? No, not tooth. he been chewing on soap. He's been chewing on soap. Yeah, that's what he's been <laughs> That would be my first thought if I looked at a dog with a foaming mouth. Oh, see. Chewing
0: on soap. You know, I went to um, I went to a baptism this weekend, and I took my lad to the toilet, and they had bars of soap. I was like, hmm. "The fuck's wrong with you?" <laughs> bars of soap. The fuck. People still, people still use them. You know what I mean? Well, I stay in a lot of hotels across the UK, and I've got like a massive bag of s- hotel soaps that I never use. I just collect them. I don't know what I'm ever going to do with
1: them. Maybe wash yourself someday. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 so, any other? differences you can think of i think the way that they
0: approached the way that they approached getting them out of the hole so in the book they it was the three of them they took it in turns didn't they they took it in turns and they dug massive holes and then they took it in turns to wait for them to come out whereas in the film i think in your trailer that you played they stopped work and just cease production of everything so that all of the <laughs> men could hunt for this one fox and you're like fucking out like you're a successful businessman this is the wrong way to go about doing something you just want to get like an exterminator in don't you you know rent a kill just get the rent a kill gazer yeah. in and just have the film about the rent a key kill gazer maybe you know bumping into the fox and actually finding the fox quite charming and then helping him perhaps uh, look, Right, to be fair, right, the film's a mess, okay, because as I've already stated, there's nothing wrong with the farmers. They're perfectly law-abiding citizens going about their daily business, employing lots of people in the town, and one dirty little fox is nicking all their shit. Thieving bastard.
1: What about the, uh, so let's talk about the, the characters okay. in the book yep. and the the film. So do the, for you... Do the characters in the film match up with how you've envisioned the characters in the book?
0: The Fox does, Mr. Fox does, I think. And I think it was done very well, Uh, probably elevated the character in the book, somewhat, and especially with, and I think maybe that's maybe the, what well, the point where they gave him a job and so on and so forth to give him a bit more believability that it's not just a sneaky little fox nicking shit, but actually, this is a guy who's got trying to find work and trying to look after his family and doing the best that he can and so on and so forth. And yeah, and I think everything that we know about foxes in real life, foxes, especially because there's lots that live by us, and you see them, then you know, the are running across the road with the rat in the mouth top or, hat on or like you know some animal or yeah top hat or even for i think about 10 years ago uh this is <laughs> about 10 years ago there was a, a headline in the local paper this old this old deer had gone to bed <laughs> she got into bed there's a fucking fox in a bed <laughs> he broke into a race got through the cat flap or whatever
1: and just kind of snuggled up in bed <laughs> I just so imagine, imagine she gets in, and and he's there with a fucking cigar and a top hat,
0: and a waistcoat. But yeah, I mean, I remember. Um- in my uh in my old house we had a we had a we had a shed that kind of covered the length of the garden and it was just one afternoon like say a saturday afternoon or whatever and i was just in my living room back doors open i looked and it's just a fox stood on my shed i was like all right mate mm. he's like yeah yeah sweet i'm all right yeah i was like yeah sweet and he looked at me for a bit longer and then he just fucked off but um yeah so we have we have quite a lot around by us and obviously you know they skulk around at night and they look for food because the ones around by me don't know how to make clothes.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> But, I'm a bit more affluent around by me. I saw <laughs> one just the other day in his uh, in his blazer.
0: <laughs> in his BM3 series. Um, no, but, like, <laughs> but that's the opinion that we have of foxes. You know, they're cunning, the wily, they don't cause, you know, no one gets a t- ever read about a fox attack. No one's ever been bitten by a fox, have they? you know what I mean it's one of those it's so um, so, so. they reckon them dangerous if you corner the fuckers well, yeah but if you cornered you or me we'd probably have a have a go back at, you know what I mean so but it's like on uh, 99% of the time me and you are fine just like a fox are fine you leave them alone they're gonna leave you alone they're just out for the
1: well, I've always struggled with the whole fox thing because in a, a, in this country and I'd imagine most countries they're classed as wild animals yeah. they live in holes and shit yeah. but aren't they are still canines aren't they well they're dogs yeah I guess they exactly are- so, why oh. it we decided that was the one breed that we would let live outside? Every other breed, we, we're gonna we're gonna have them as pets, but that one breed, no, you're gonna be wild. Well, how did that happen? Well, I wonder.
0: I'll come back to your question, but I want—I mean, especially because like we live in a city. I mean, yeah, like where I live, and this is gonna sound so fucking middle class, and I do apologize. We live—I <laughs> live on a golf course. Uh, so it's so uh, so there's a lot of open space and so and there's a canal where I live as well. So obviously that's where like you would imagine like I don't know where like unless I that, like the live like but like do they actually dig under the ground and have tunnel units. You know, I've never actually seen like a foxhole or anything like that. But I wonder how they ended up in the Midlands. Because like, you would imagine they might live in the woods and the forest and stuff like that. But what they've done the court, the fucking Caught the fucking number 47 one evening by accident and jumped off. And that's... But you're right about the domestication. Maybe someone did have a fox as a pet once... And it fucking ripped someone's throat out when he tried to discipline him. And said so they went, don't fucking keep foxes. They're wild knackers.
1: Mm, I don't, it's, it's very strange. I, I don't know.
0: I don't think they're the only, they're the only kind of canine wild animal. I don't, hyenas,
1: canines. Yes,
0: and wolves. Wolves, canines. Well, yeah. uh, wolves, hyenas.
1: Yeah, but you don't get wolves in this country. Do you not? I can imagine people in this country keeping a wolf as a pet. I can imagine a wolf being kept as a pet. Well, you Maybe outside pets. in a cage but you wouldn't you wouldn't keep a fox outside in the cage what
0: are those uh is it those nikitas because they're quite wolf like are they quite wolf like um
1: the husky husky's more like a wolf i thought yeah
0: no i've seen some dog breeds that look very wolf like look you know got, like, yeah, the 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 husky. got the face of a wolf
1: yeah I don't, I don't know but it's a completely different subject for a different podcast i'd imagine you checking it out i'm just gonna have a quick look yeah
0: um oh akita Oh uh, no! Uh,
1: the Siberian, there,
0: Kita. Yeah, yeah Kita. Okay, so yeah, no, they're they're all fluffy and lovely. now there's
1: there's it's a-, a husky or thing. If you type in here husky, that looks like a fucking wolf. Yeah.
2: Hello, I am Bob, the adapted to screen podcast genie. I may appear from time to time to cover up the fuck ups of the boys. In this case, I'm here to is a mistake. Which is that the husky is in fact Siberian and the Akita is a Japanese breed. No one really cares, but now you know.
0: Okay, let's have a look. Oh yeah, look at him. He's after he'd <laughs> fucking rip your throat out, wouldn't he? Without a second thought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not beautiful, beautiful animals, and they? yeah. they've got like blue eyes. Then yeah, have all
0: the blood down the fucking necks after they finished you <laughs> off. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen yeah. alive, live, mate. I'll fucking wait.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I don't think there are any more differences. That I, I can't think of anything, really. I mean, there probably are, like, minute differences, but nothing really to shout about. No, they're the main big ones. Other than the fact, the, bu- the book, the main big difference is the book is a children's book and the film is more family orientate oriented orientated orientated oriented oriented keep doing this orientated.
0: just make it sound longer and you'll be fine
1: yeah so yeah that's for me the the difference is uh takeaways feel good and bad what are your takeaways from this
0: uh, takeaways from the film i enjoyed it uh the children enjoyed it which is always the most important thing i guess it made me laugh and yeah so that was good the 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 bad things was i don't know you, you know what i hate i hate like misunderstandings and things that lead like for instance like that uh, the cousin gets kidnapped and you're like why is it Because, no, it was the son that got kidnapped, wasn't it? The son got kidnapped because he was trying to prove himself. And you're like, don't be a prick. Just go about living your life. Don't try and be better than your fucking fancy cousin. Because you're never going to be better than him." And Look what's happened now. You've got yourself kidnapped. And then he's got kidnapped. And then there's a massive rescue mission. All to save you because you was a
1: twat. It was the the cousin that got kidnapped. Oh, yeah, but it was because of the... It was because of... It was because of the son taking him on the adventure to go... Go and get the tail, that. which didn't happen in the book either. That,
0: yeah, because he lost that straight away, didn't he? He shot it off straight had away. Had that didn't shot think. off, yeah. and
1: he, yeah. And the son thought, well, I'm going to go and get that back for him. going to go got a dangerous adventure to go and get a tail.
0: Here, to prove yourself. Pro- prove what, you little twat. Yeah, that, that, so that annoyed me. That was the part of him I didn't like.
1: Uh, takeaways, good and bad for me. My good takeaway was this is a good story. Uh, the book was a good children's story. I'll definitely get my little one to read the book. The film, not so much. I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it. I found myself getting really tired watching it. It was. I think he was trying to be too creative with it. It's, it's, it was not two thousand and nine. He could have, for the same amount of money, they could have probably used CGI, and it would have looked better. The animals that they use, obviously, they, 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 they looked. They looked. They looked like um, horror movie scary. <laughs>
0: yeah more because
1: they tried to make them realistic but you could see they weren't that they, they looked like they almost looked a bit like um taxidermied animals that they tried to make look alive <laughs> and it almost gave them a horror horror appeal
0: yeah no I appear,
1: appear, appear appear a, a horror appearance mm, sorry okay yeah, yeah i'm with you there so yeah that for me good book not so good film let's do the uh, remake okay okay so i think why we should do this scenario is if we were going to remake it how would we ma- remake it different rather than just because uh, we usually just talk about the cast how would we remake it different so if this was your you're, you're the new director you've been given the, the task you've been given millions of pounds to remake this how are you going to remake it um,
0: i would do it i think like what i was mentioning earlier on um I would do it as kind of, they'd bring in like uh, the rent kill So kind of a little bit like, uh, is it Snow White? So they want rid of the fox. So they bring in the renter kill geyser, but the renter kill geyser gets on quite well with the fox. So the renter kill geyser keeps delaying the factory owners and goes, look, I know where he is, right? But I need to lay these few traps and blah, blah, blah. And then the next time, oh, you fucking beat the traps. I'm going to do this next time. And then they together they come up with a big plan. or for instance one of the kids do get captured perhaps you know and then the rent kill geezer helps him sneak in and they break out and then maybe they go into business together doing other things you know a bit more comedy rather than i don't know that's maybe that's the way i'd do it
1: yeah if i was going to remake this i would british um actors for the for the voices just because I would want to keep it British just because of old doll um and I would keep it to the book I it, it, it's a classic Old Dahl is a classic author keep everything the same word for word have a British author uh, like someone like Stephen Freud narrating it yes, and then have other actors doing the um, doing the like the the speaking parts throughout the book, so it's a word for word adaptation of the book, okay. and you have got actors and Stephen Fry, someone like that narrating. That's how I would do it, and have like it probably have it as, a, as a cartoon rather than stop play animation, okay. or somewhere. Or maybe like what they did with Lion King when they redid Lion King, mm. which they didn't need to do, but they did anyway, and maybe have it CGI. And they could probably. So I listened to the audio book, and that was a uh, that was uh, that was less than two hours. So if they did the adaptation, it could be less than two hours.
0: I'd have a Russell Brand as Mr. Fox.
1: Oh, good call. Yeah. Yes, I like that.
0: Yeah, but you'd have to have the hair as well. You'd have to have the wild hair and maybe, um, or, or or maybe David Tennant. I think David Tennant would be a good Mr. Fox.
1: I think David Tennant would be a good bean.
0: Yeah, David Tennant uh, and Philip Schofield as Bunce.
1: Hmm. Need someone to shoot. <laughs> Is it, which one's Bunce? Is
0: know, it David the fat one? one? I don't know.
1: Yeah, you could just use pretty much anybody else for the uh, other characters because they're, they're not really um, important. Well, I'm mean, important, but they're not... I
0: suppose, uh, I suppose if you were going down the comedy, you'd have your staple people, like you'd have Ricky Gervais in there, you'd have um, uh, Ricky Gro- uh, Grover in their oh uh, what's his face uh, Johnny Vegas I think he'd be a good badger I think I think your mate David Jason would be a good villain actually I think he'd be a good one would he yeah I think he would yeah he would because you wouldn't expect it
1: I think he's a bit too old now I don't
0: yeah, think yeah but they were they were old mean and smelly people yeah, weren't they true, true. so you know
1: yeah stinky bastards <laughs>
0: Fucking rapists. Not that David Jason's a rapist, of course. I'm just want to just just put that out there.
1: <laughs> this is how it starts.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's the remake. Have you got an additional soundtrack there, Richie? Have you got a song you throw in there? yes yeah, smack my bitch yo We always go to the project, don't we? You know what I was thinking? I was thinking of two. I was thinking of uh the Great Escape first of all, uh, and I was thinking of uh, Vindaloo by Fat Les, just because I thought <laughs> that would be like a little good bit for the fight. You know. I mean, if there was a proper fight or something, yeah. that would uh, yeah, you know yeah. all the animals marching over the hill, Vindaloo, <laughs> Vindaloo,
1: quintessentially British as well. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, you can't go too far <laughs> wrong with that,
1: can you? <laughs> but in all seriousness, I'd probably just have like normal what kind of what they did anyway, just like normal um, music in the background to go with the atmosphere of wherever we are in wherever we are in the story type thing. Yeah. Okay,
0: right. I think that's that. Isn't it? Have, have we missed any I think
1: that's it? pretty much that. Uh, which is best? Which is best to out of 10 um, and shit? Ah, okay. Which did you prefer and um, give them a score?
0: Okay, uh, I'll give the book a 7 because I think most of the roll dials are 7 or above. I'd give the movie a 7. I enjoyed it, the kids enjoyed it, and that's probably about it. There was nothing that I mean I've watched it two or three times now, so it's it's something that I've revisited and chose to revisit twice at least because i wanted to not just because of this um so yeah it's a okay. it's a decent enough film
1: cool. well for me uh I'll, I'll agree with you with the book seven it's a very good children's book it's a classic it'll be around probably i can imagine people will still be reading it in 100 years time indeed the film not so much i don't think people will be watching that in 100 years time i'd give that a five
0: Ooh, five it is.
1: Mm, Yeah. So there you go. I think we have absolutely exhausted this one. It's been nice, short and sweet. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that indeed
1: Um, yeah if you want to follow us and find us people who are listening to us you can find us all over the interwebs we'll leave links in the show notes if you could comment and leave a nice rating wherever you are listening to this that would be awesome we would love you forever it really helps us get the podcast out there it does whether it be on Spotify Apple or YouTube just leave a comment and a rating and a share love you forever you can find our website everything is on there that will be in the Description as well. So, yeah that's us
0: and then, oh, sorry Richard just a very quick one thank you to all our listeners who do listen of course I know you just said that uh, we have uh, we have some fantastic listeners over in America in France Belgium Iceland and even even in Russia we have people listening over there so uh, thank you very much everyone who listens wherever you do listen
1: yes thank you very much it's much appreciated please comment and let us know what you thought about the episode and what you thought about the books and the films give us your thoughts and thunks yeah so yeah that, that's 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 it, that's us. We have been the Adapted to screen podcast. This has been um the book by Roll Dawn. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox, the book versus the film. I've been Richie. I've been Phil. And thanks for listening, if indeed you still are. And so it begins.
2: Welcome to the fantastic world of Mr. Fox. Woo! Should we dance? Ah, his life is fantastic.
1: <laughs>
2: Pure wild animal craziness. His wife is fantastic. If what I think is happening is happening, it better not be. His neighbors, not so fantastic. This is Bogus Bunce, and Bean, three of the meanest, nastiest, ugliest farmers in his valley. What was that? They're digging us up. But they're about to discover. Oh, Foxy. Is help on the way? He's one fox. I've got an idea. You can't outfox. Mole, what do you got? I can see in the dark. We can use that. Rabbit. Let's... I'm fast. Badger. Demolitions expert. What? Says when? Here, put these bandit hats on. I don't have a bandit hat, but I modified this tube sock. We look good. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Only securities of old honey and I Laced some blueberries with sleeping powder. Beagles love blueberries. A titanium card. What's this thing you do? The whistle with the clicking sound? That's my trademark. We're different. We all are. Him especially. But there's something kind of fantastic about that, isn't there? I can fight my own fight. No, you can't. I guess we should start doing something, right? Let's see some hustle. Yeah! Woo. This fall, ah. forget super. Yeah. That was close, Rat. Be careful. Oh, I'm as careful as uh. Ignore incredible. I can fit through there. You wanna know why? Why? Because I'm little. It's all about fantastic you really are fantastic i try <laughs> fantastic mr fox What's this lightning pole? this fence might be electric well, well i just hope it doesn't mean thunder because i have a phobia of that <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the child just do it every time. Carolyn, podcasting you- mate. Were you off to bed? No. Alright. Oh, bless him. Just wanted to come up upstairs and tell me you love me. It's oh, nice, isn't it?
0: What what a legend.
1: A little gay. <laughs> 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 oh god.